What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Legends of Athletics podcast. And I know it's been some time since I've been with y'all, man. It's been a lot happening in life uh, between school, trying to train, work, and just living. Um, this episode tonight is is very, or tonight, today, whenever you choose to listen to this episode, it's a, it's a pretty awesome one. I got another great coach with me. Of course, I try to give guys quality more than quantity, so I try to make sure I give you guys quality guests. And I have none other than the Clay Mack. Uh, with me here on this podcast and coach Mac, I'm gonna let you give a little intro tell us a little bit about yourself a little bit of your background what you do and um, you know where you are where you are today hey what's going on my man hey uh it's a pleasure being on your podcast um yes yeah, Clay Mac um defensive back trainer consultant uh you know national entity you know what I'm saying as, as it relates to that mm-hmm. uh you know, um, you know, I train guys on all levels, uh, from the pro level down to you know college, high school, uh, amateur guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and forty three guys I got ready for the draft this past year. Uh, Fourteen got drafted. Um, everybody know I trains uh, guys like Jamal Adams. Um, he was the number six pick. Uh, Jeff Okuda this past year was the number three pick. Uh, also, uh, <clears throat> Super Bowl winners guys like Jalen Mills. You know what I'm saying guys like that. You know what I'm saying. So. Um, you know, I mean, I can go on and on and on. Whatnot, oh, yeah. But uh, definitely don't want to, you know, bog our time down with that. But, um, but yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's your man, man. Clay Mack, man. Hey, the, the oh, best yeah. DB trainer, best DB hey, trainer in the country. Hey, and if y'all don't know, <laughs> that is it. That's the staple. And, I, hey, I'm going to tell you something. I, I believe it. And that's the staple. Best DB trainer in the country. And, and of course, you know, like I said, we ain't we ain't going to bogart too much of the time. But. Coach Mac, what what made you get into the arena of training, of sports training? Well, I mean, you know, it just just kind of athletics, man. It's just kind of in my blood, uh, to be honest. Um, I grew up in in the housing authority. You know, um, some people like to call it the projects or what have you. Uh, so, uh, uh, so a adverse, uh, diverse community, mm-hmm. and um, just uh, I mean that that was pretty much our outlet. Um, you know, I was raised that we had a boys club in our community, so um, that was our organized outlet, if you will. You know what I'm saying? If you want to play, you know, sports, uh, team sports, you know, naturally we had uh, an, an opportunity to just be kind of, you know, just kind of uh, uh, open play, if you will. You know, we had a gym, we had a swimming pool, we had arts and crafts and, you know, uh, uh, different games and stuff like that within the building. You know what I'm saying? But we also mm-hmm. had teams, you know, and they were separated by, you know, eight and under and 10 and under. And, you know, every two years increments are 12 and under, 14 and under, 16 and under, 18 and under, or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. What So, um, so I mean that's that kind of inspired it. And then you know being in the community like that, you know housing authorities and you know uh, things of that sort, you know it just kind of breeds mm-hmm. uh, um, a platform of <clears throat> you know athleticism and and competition and um, you, you know what I'm saying just the whole uh, you know being liable and being responsible and and you know more so than anything like the whole just competitive nature. You right. Know what I'm saying so. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, it's a dog and dog world like that every single day. So exactly, you know, you got to find your niche, find your way, and um, so and I grew up in a house with two of my other cousins mm-hmm. or what have you, and uh, and I was the youngest, so you know I had to carry my own weight. You know what I'm saying? As it relates to that, so um, again, I mean, you know, I just grew up around a lot of my a lot of my relatives, and you know, uh, I was one of the youngest, so um, uh, you know, it wasn't no time to be pacified or anything like that or whatnot. You know, yeah. uh, you had to you had to stand on your own, and so. 
just kind of one of those things. And, and it just kind of grew me over time. And, you know, once I got up to, you know, the high school level, um, you know, we're intermediate uh, junior high and high school level and things of that sort, you know, from that particular point, you know what I'm saying? It just kind of, just kind of got infused in my system. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started recognizing that I was a, you know, kind of like an alpha male type guy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, leadership and, you know, I, and I took on leadership roles like playing quarterback and, you know, playing point guard and, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, I mean, you can't be in those type of roles and, and, and not, um, you know, exalt some, some yeah. form of leadership, you know what I'm saying, for that matter. So, you know, I think once coaches start kind of seeing that in me, you know, they start kind of hold, held, holding me accountable to that. So um, I just kind of took the bull by the horns and ran with it. And, you know, I mean, it, it took me, you know, it took me a long way. And, Coach, like one thing I can say, and you know, I admire about you is I feel like uh, – I, I feel like – and, you know, I'm trying to get to that level, but I feel like uh, if I look at a person, you know, in my area, it's not really a whole lot of people to look to as far as sports training and stuff like that, which is why I always try to look out. Uh, as, as far as being inspired and looking at somebody that I can kind of uh, that that I kind of can relate to, and I feel like uh, the tra- the style and the approach that you take to training, I kind of feel like I take the same approach. Um, one thing I will ask though, what do you feel like? Because when I when I hear you talking, I'm pretty sure other people can hear this as well, because it comes through your words, and and even if you if y'all got the chance, you know, go on Facebook and look up Clay Mac or Twitter. And look up Clay Mack and some of the videos. It comes through the comes through the screen at you too. What are some things that have made you so confident, uh, not only as a trainer but as a person? Um, you know, to be honest, I think um, I, I get that kind of organic. Um, you know, my my mom, um, you know, she was a she was an alpha female type. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad is an alpha male type. You know what I'm saying? So I, I was incubated by that. You know what I'm saying? I was sandwiched in between both of those mindsets. You know what I'm saying? So I kind of get it, you know, kind of kind of honestly, you know, and um it's a blessing and a curse at the same time, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, because I had to I had to learn how to how to cipher that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean you got to learn how to disperse it and you know, learn how to kind of, you know, pick your battles, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, for that, for that matter. Um, you know, I've I've I, I now have a new consultant slash management team, um, and the um and the CEO of that. Um, it's a lady named uh, 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 Tracy, mm-hmm. and um, uh, Tracy uh, uh, Avery Adams and uh, Adams Avery, and she actually, you know, is on me a lot about that. You know what I'm saying? Just kind of honing and picking, picking and choosing my battles, and you know what I'm saying, and and just kind of being, you know, having a, having more of a conscious about, you know, how you disperse, you know, information when you disperse it, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and in what tone, what tone to to disperse it, you know what I'm saying. So so I'm grateful to have her on my team as well um, in relation to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know, as you know, man, I mean, you know, we we can, you know, it's it's hard to kind of critique yourself, you know what I'm saying? But when you got somebody on the outside looking in and they can see you through different light, uh, do a different light and do different optics, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you you really gotta listen. If not, you know, what I mean, you you're not you're not growing, you know what I'm right. saying? So so for me, you know, I I got an edge about me, you know, naturally, you know what I'm saying or whatnot. But uh, again, I, I mean, I'm a product, of, I'm a product of my environment, though, you know, mm-hmm. as relate. But but saying that I have an edge is not a cop out. For me and knowing how to, um, you know, what I'm saying to kind of delegate that edge. Yeah, you know no one use it. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying. So I mean, naturally, I have a kind of laid back type of disposition, to be honest. Um, you know what I'm saying. But you know, I'm not. I'm not slow to warm up to get serious, though. You know what I'm saying. I can go from, you know, be kind of laid back to a serious nature, like at the literally at the drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. So I like to call it an alter ego when it comes to me being on the field, for instance. So when I'm yeah. when I'm driving up to the 
to the facility or to a field or a camp or a symposium or whatever the case might be, you know, I might be listening to my little neo soul or R&B or Caribbean soul or whatever the case may be or whatnot. But then once I step on a field and I turn that hat sideways a little bit, you know what I'm saying? That, you know, the, the alter ego comes out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but, but by the same token, and, and I say this all the time, you know, society is full of followers, not right. so by me, by me being a leader, I have to make sure that, that that message comes across. And once that message comes across all the followers per se, and I don't mean followers in a, in a derogatory term. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, people that's, that's looking for somebody to lead them, you know what I'm saying? And, and that matter, um, you have to play your role in that case. So, so I take pride in playing that role. So that's why I come across with the type of disposition that I do. So is that something that you feel like a person, you know, we, we, you, you kind of alluded to this point earlier in the podcast when you, when we were doing your introduction, do you feel like that's something that more so we'll talk about athletes, right? Cause we're both sports. Gotcha. Do you feel like that's something that, that an athlete more so has organically, or do you feel like that's something that you can kind of take a piece of yourself and give to that athlete that they may be able to exude that in certain aspects of their, their game or whenever they need it, they may be able to tap into their alter ego, so to speak. Well, I think you're, you're a product of your environment. You know, if you have an alpha male type, trainer uh i mean that that has to rub off on your athletes mm-hmm. you know and in fact i get calls from parents all the time saying that you know i need my i need my son to I, I need i need him to bring the dog out and you know all that type stuff and i told i just told the parent recently i said hey look if that's what you're looking for i'm your guy i mean i'm definitely your guy you know yeah. what i'm saying because i mean like i said earlier you know i naturally have an edge about me anyway so i'm allergic to guys who don't have an edge about them i mean i'm, mm-hmm. I'm just you know i mean they, they give me hives you know what I'm saying? Especially you know, especially playing this sport. And if you're a defensive back, though, I mean that's that's the volatility that it takes um, you know, for you to endure and process and 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 just you know pretty much have to deal with the fact that that you're playing a, a volatile position that demands a lot, you know, you have to have that type of disposition. If not, you're gonna get ate up. You know right. what I'm saying? And uh, so with that said, I mean y- your lifespan in playing this sport is gonna be stunted. So, um, so, you know, again, I mean, I, I, I have a, an environment that incubates that type of mindset, mm-hmm. um, that type of personality or whatnot. You know, I want you to come in. If you come in as a square guy, you know, just a square pig type guy, I want you to walk out, you know what I'm saying? Limping or uh, uh, walking side to side, you know what I'm saying? Like you own place. You yeah. Know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah. you know, if, if it's not, if, if, it's, if it's not, if you don't leave with that type of mentality, I feel like I failed at least in that aspect. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing I, I feel like uh, even, even as a trainer, with with the guys that I have and working my way up the ladder, even the guys I have, I feel like a piece of me should be with them at all times. Like, especially Absolutely. when it comes to playing the game, I feel like, you know, that's the reason you come and you get training and you work out so hard. You do do these different drills time and time again. You perfect your craft. It's for the sole purpose that you should feel untouchable by the time – the lights come on, so to speak, is what I what I used to say. You should feel like, you know, that you in control, that nothing can shake you, you you unwavering, and you know you ready to go, and that we polish you up, and that you've done everything w- behind the scenes or with the lights off. That when the lights do come on, it's just showtime. That that's why I've I've always approached training, and approached my guys, and you know I know that you probably you probably ran into this too, uh, as and and because you have more years under your belt than I do, but you know, having certain parents who want to pull things 
from that kid that kid may not have per, per se. Um, and trying to make, you know, I know each one of us as a trainer, each kid has a, a uh, I would say a ceiling or a genetic ceiling that they could probably hit. But how do you get that kid that may be average to believe or to play above their skill set? So, 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 I mean, to be honest, philosophically, I don't, I don't approach it as, you know, a kid might be average. What I try to, what I try not to do, I, I try not to, you know, uh, put a, put a ceiling on them per se, because I mean, I, I don't know they ceiling. Yeah. You know I'm saying to be honest. So I, mean, I don't know your genetics. You know what I'm saying? I don't know none of that. Um, mm -hmm. the, you know, I try to, I, you know, what I try to do, I try to control the controllables, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so we all have a genetic disposition to be good or be great or whatever the case may be. It's for me, it's about how you go about getting to that point, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everybody's path is different. Okay. So, you know, you might have some elite athletes um, that, you know, they might have a short pathing or that, okay, well, I pretty much, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm defeating the odds just kind of based on my genetics, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I think some of those guys take it for granted and they don't work as hard. Well, okay. Well, another kid that might not be genetically dispositional. To, to 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 have the same type of athletic ability per se, but then they might work harder, you know what I'm saying, to end up passing up, you know what I'm saying, the natural, if you will, right? You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So what I try to do is I just try to bring out the best in any one of them, you know what I'm saying, for that matter. So, you know, I, I try not to, you know, say like, because I get it all the time, you know, parents call me and say, you know, hey, look, here's where my son at or where I think he's at, you know, do you take kids on this level? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I tell them, man, look, I don't turn down nothing but my collar, man. That's the only thing I turn down, Right. You know what I'm saying? So, because I've had kids who everybody want to throw away mm -hmm. and end up being an All-American. Right. You know, so with that said, if I would have predispositioned that kid or or mm -hmm. put him in a certain type of category or whatnot, well, that means that I failed at my job my as trying to, try, trying, to, trying to help a kid or help a parent or whatever the case may be, elevate themselves. So, I'm not in the business yeah. of throwing away kids. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm 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 not in the business of that, and, and and I get this all the time too. Kind of speaking on that, as a coaches, coaches are calling me and say, you know, hey, you know, hey Clay, do, do you think this kid is a D1 kid? I'm like, that's not my job to determine that. Yeah, that's not my <laughs> job. You know what I'm saying? Because you know he might not necessarily be a D1 kid looking necessarily in high school, but then that might be the same kid to end up going second round in the draft. Though. Yeah, because you know it's, it's so, sometimes too early to tell. Sometimes too early to tell, and the high school game might not be his game, but the college game might be might be perfect for him. Yeah, I gotta say you, you took the words on my mouth. Yeah, you took the words right on my mouth of that one. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. And vice versa, though, you might get a four and five star kid that's you know he's killing it in high school, but then he get to college, he can't function. Right. Type of deal, you know what I'm saying? And uh, and we were talking about this the other day that the transfer portal is full of four and five star kids, full of it. Mm -hmm. You know, where as a byproduct of a kid. Either being, uh, you know, mislabeled, being misranked, you know what I'm saying, uh, or something. Something went on, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying, or even coaches, you know, becoming instead of being mentors or coaches to these kids, mm -hmm. now it flip flop, and now the now the coaches is is buddies to these kids, right? And 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 he's not he's not really teaching this kid on how to survive on the next level, right? Not how to push, know, not, not pushing. He's, he's not he's not pushing him. You know what I'm saying? And giving them any kind of prerequisites uh, so he can survive on the next level. So 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 that's pretty much how I approach it. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I have my own language, um, and on, have my own way of of talking to kids, talking to parents, you know what I'm saying, for that matter, to get them to understand here's our, you know, here's our beginning goal. Um I don't I don't necessarily have an end goal because I mean we always work in progress. Right. You know what I'm saying? So so I don't believe in end goals uh for that matter. 
You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, even like with my, with my more high profile guys, with you know, Jamal and, and some of those guys, uh, Jalen Mills and Jeff Okuda and Trayvon Diggs. And I mean, you know, we can go down the list yeah. uh, of them. Trayvon Mullins and, and Jonathan Abrams and, and, and a lot of these guys. Um, there's never no, no, uh, we don't reach the pinnacle. You know what I'm saying per se. Um, I have Verone McKinley. He's um, um, uh, a freshman All American, uh, starting safety up at University of Oregon. Uh, had him today, and we we kind of briefly talked about that. Matter of fact, yesterday we talked about a detox process today because when my guys come home from school, I detox them. So mm -hmm. I detox them from bad habits that they picked up while they was gone. Yeah. Then I intox I intoxicate them, reintoxicate them with the habits that they need. Uh, or, or that they had before they even went off to school. Because the majority right. of my guys are more skillful. majority of my guys are more skillful when they leave high school than when they go off to college and come back. And that ain't no deal. got the coaches in the program, nothing like that. Mm -hmm. It's just that when you go to college, you know, your practice schedule is 18, 22, 24 periods or whatever. Yep. But you got all these different dynamics that you got to go over, you know, special teams and Indy and half-line and 707 and team mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Okay, well, my, my, my two-hour sessions is straight Indy. You know what I'm saying? So I don't yeah. have to worry about, you know, you filling the lane on the kickoff team and, you know what I'm saying, you, you know, doing kick steps on the punt team and, you know what I'm saying, I, I don't have to worry about all that. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So, nat so naturally my guys can leave here more skillful because that's strictly what I work on. You know what I'm saying? Or whatnot. So, yeah. I mean, and so, and so, that's, so that's pretty much the premise on, on how I approach it. Yeah, and, I, and that's the thing too. And, and I'm glad we talking about kind of pushing athletes and, and, and we're talking about that. We're, we're more so right now talking about older guys versus the younger guys. But I've seen I've seen some parents talk to me and they, they may have a kid that's nine, ten, maybe eight years old, ten years old, eleven, somewhere in there, and they're trying to push the foot on the gas put their foot on the gas like the kid is D one level or 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 a very competitive high school level type kid. What I mean by that is they're doing stuff. The kids doing stuff literally six to seven days a week, three to four hours a day. And they may say, Hey, look, I want you to train my kid. I want to be faster this, that, and the other. How do you approach that, that type of situation? Well, and what I'm, I do I'm is that first. I'm asking that to kind of be helpful or to kind of shed light for some parents that may be listening that may you know, want to know if they may be doing too much they care or not, or not doing enough. Because uh, I know sports now is is way bigger, or I would say much bigger now on every level than it has been in the past. Uh, for instance, I look at baseball. You know, they got travel league and that stuff. It's like it goes on almost year round now. And so that that's kind of where I'm where I'm getting at with with the question. How how would you approach that? Well, you know, I think I think honesty is the key with this. To be honest. Um, you know, one thing, I, one thing I am is candid with my athletes and my, and my parents, right? Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, when, when you evaluate a kid, what's the first thing that I do? I evaluate the kid. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, parents naturally going to think more of their kids than, than anybody else. Right. right? And so, so if you just listen to the parent right off, sometimes, you know, you might, you might get misinformed or you might misappropriate, you know what I'm saying, what they're saying. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, and, and that, that just simply can't be the case. You know what I'm saying? At that particular point – you know, naturally I listen, you know what I'm saying, because I can pick up nuggets, you know, as I'm kind of going through the evaluation process, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, or what have you. But um, I have to rely on my expertise, you know, when it become when it comes to the evaluation process, right? Right. So um, as it relates to speed, ag agility, and quickness, and and all the different attributes that um, that I think an athlete might need, 
Um, I have to evaluate that and then turn right back around and then be candidly honest uh, with the parents and, uh, and, and the athlete together, though. And I don't separate that, that conversation either. You know, it's an all-inclusive conversation, mm-hmm. right? You know, that way everybody's on the same page. So I'm not going to tell the athlete one thing and tell the parent another thing. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, it's not one of them situations where, like, this is a feel-good type of situation. It can't be that, right? So, you know, I, I'm brutally honest. And when I'm saying brutally honest, I don't mean, like, rude. But I'm just saying I don't cut no corners. It's, it's, it's point A to point B because I owe the athlete and I owe the parent that. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I, I owe them that, right? So so with that said, um, I think it's just all a part of the evaluation. And 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 also now, don't put it all on the trainer either. Don't put it all on, on whomever they evaluate it is. The onus also has to go on the parent because the parent has to be like, okay, I'm receptive to the truth. Mm-hmm. The truth is the truth. You know what I'm saying? So the parents have to be receptive to that. So I'm not going to alleviate uh, the parent from, from blame or fault if they misappropriate, you know what I'm saying, where their kid, kid is at also. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it, it has to be, you know, some kind of truth term well, within that. Um, so so I pretty much how I like to approach it. Yeah. Uh, but but again, I tell I tell them up front, hey, look, when I evaluate your kid, you know what I'm saying, it might be some things that, that you might disagree with. Mm-hmm. It, it might be some things that you might just say, hey, you're the professional. Let's roll with, you know, whatever you're saying or whatever the case may yeah. be or whatnot, right? Yeah, because I, you know, I mean, but I'm gonna tell you, I'm, I'm gonna tell you another thing real quick though. Uh, yeah, what see. I like to do also. Yeah, you good. You know, when when I when I do evaluations though, when I when I first get a kid, when I'm taking the kid through, you know, certain drills, just like if it's a DB, I I I, I go over his stance, I go over his pedal, mm-hmm. I go over his break, and then I go over his transitions, right? Mm-hmm. But I have the parent right there next to us going over it, so everything I correct, they see me correcting. You're right. And I try to put it in such elementary terms where the parent can understand it also. And, and that so I think yeah. so I think that helps big time. Yeah. And that was the thing too, like because I, I know sometimes like, I've been in situations and you know, I've been training at this point about six years, and I've been in situations where a parent will say, Hey, Coach Miller, I want you to train my kid. Then I say, All right, I got you. And then they'll come right back and say, All right, so this is what you need to work on. This is what we're trying to get better at. And I'm like, All right, and then I evaluate it or I look at him, I'm like, they really ain't that bad in these areas that you're saying. We probably need to work on if we get this, then the other better, then they will look better in the, these other areas. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tailor my training sessions to what you're telling me because if that's the case, then you probably could have trained them yourself. That's that's kind of that's kind of my point of view on it. Um, with some parents that are that are pushy to this to to try to, I guess mold each session to what they want it to be. If that if that makes sense. Um, yeah, you know, but, but 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 you know what? Real quick, I mean, we, you know, within that, you know, I, I try to I try to make it abundantly clear to the parents also that, you know, I mean, you know, this is what I do for a living, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, and I've had I've had conversations like this, um, you know, whether it was willing or or, or unwilling, uh, but you know, it's just like if somebody is in a profession that I'm not in, right? I, I can't tell them how to do their job, right? You know, so, you know, if I come to your job and want to learn what you do, I better bring a pen and a pad so I can understand what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. And learn it. You know what I'm saying? But vice versa, though. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, if you coming out here and I'm telling you, you know, what my opinion is, mm-hmm. well, you came, to, you came to get my opinion for a reason. Right. Right? Now, whether you agree with my opinion or not, I mean, that's on you. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that's when I say the onus is on the parent to either believe that or not believe that. But, you know, it's just sad to say if, if, if you get a parent that's just naive about the truth. Mm-hmm. 
But I mean, I, 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 there's nothing, there's nothing I can do about that. Yes, yeah, it kind of kind of uh, limits what you can what you can do, I guess. So so look, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, it kind of it kind of it kind of limits it to to a degree, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But but like I said, it don't limit if if we move forward, it it don't limit, you know what I'm saying? What I'm gonna do with your kid, uh, yep. whatever the evaluation is, whatever I, I said, that's where we're gonna start at. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, whether parents say, well, you know, I want to see a little bit more of this, a little bit more of that. And then I revisit that parent and had that conversation like, hey, look, here's my approach to the situation. OK. Yeah. You know, I can't I can't have you to tell me how to do my job. You know what I'm saying? That, that type of deal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So so I so I, I, I try to make sure that it's respectful. But by that same token, though, I think it's disrespectful for for a parent to kind of tell us how to do our job. Also, I got you. So, Coach Matt, I'm going to ask you a training question, uh-huh. right? Okay. So I got I I know you're pretty versed. So I'm gonna ask you this question: Is it harder to train an elite athlete to get better, or an uh I guess you say a middle of the road athlete to become elite? You know, I mean, it's it's it, it depends on the attitude of the elite athlete. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you get an, an elite athlete and because he may be, you know, he's gotten a little attention, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, a lot of people kind of stroking his ego or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes he feel like that, you know, he done reached the pinnacle, you know what I'm saying? So sometimes it's just kind of hard to reach him, gotcha. you know what I'm saying? Um, but then you get the, the so-called middle of the road athlete uh, that, you know, he's hungry. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so, you know, I mean, he's, he's trying to, he's trying to reach that next level status. So, so, but, um, but I mean, but, but that's, that's not always the case though. Sometimes you get the elite athlete that, you know, his mindset is, okay, I understand where I'm at kind of sort of, mm-hmm. right. But I still feel like there's another level that I need to get to. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so I can't really pigeonhole one athlete over the other because I mean, I've dealt with situations and circumstances where, you know I mean? They, they both fit the bill. Gotcha. Cause kind of, kind of, I, I guess say I'm gonna throw this in it may make you laugh a little bit about like uh, LeBron James, you know, 17 years of being on top. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, and and, and that's a that, that's 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 a, that's a great analogy because also LeBron puts in his work also in the off season though. Consistently, yep. Consistently, yeah, I mean that's that's one thing you you can't you can't find nobody to say LeBron didn't put in, don't, don't put in his work. And just like with Kobe, you can't find nobody to say, well, man, Kobe, man, yeah, we were early seeing work out. Yep. <laughs> you got to put- know, Well, it's the reason, it's the reason some of these guys stay on top of their game. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm, I, we, we about to wrap it up, and I, I mean, I, like I said, I appreciate you for the time. And I gotta, I gotta ask you this. I got a couple more questions for you. One is, yeah, yeah. what, what made you, and I know we kind of talked about the background, and uh, you know, we talked about your staple. You said you're the best DB trainer in the country. What Facts. what <laughs> what kind of makes you uh is that something that you kind of self-reclaimed or that's something that you just you just live with? No, that's something I that's something I live with. Um, you know, self-proclaiming it is uh I mean that that's a matter of, of, of opinion, to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, you know, I, I I say it as father, man, to be honest. Um, you know, because I mean I, I respect everybody. You know what I'm saying to be honest and how they approach it. But mm-hmm. one thing I will say is that the, the reason I say it, to be honest, uh, is because I don't I don't come across guys who looks at it through my lenses and through my optics, right? Mm-hmm. And what I'm saying with that is that, you know, it's rare that you find guys that I talk to that 
actually approach it from a rhythm, balance, and coordination perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Because a lot of these athletes is not rhythmic. A lot of them don't have good balance. A lot of them is not really fully coordinated. So, and what I do initially is when, you know, if you come to my training session, we have music on, I sit back and watch the guys go through the warm-up drills that I have and um, and see who's dancing, for instance, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if, if music on and they dancing or whatnot, okay, that's probably a kid, if, if he's rhythmic, probably a kid that probably have enough rhythm to kind of go through drills and, and be a little coordinated and that type of deal. You know what I'm saying? But the kid that's just kind of standing back there and just kind of bobbing his head a little bit, you know what I'm saying? I watch him and maybe he get off rhythm here and there, whatever the case may be. That that That's the kid that I actually watch, watch going through drills. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, he actually might have a problem with some rhythm and some coordination. I tell people all the time, movement is like dancing. I mean, that's that's all it is. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's rhythm, balance, and coordination when you're dancing. Okay, so for me, also, the preset of what I do is through science. I tell people all the time, I train through science. So, you know, biomechanics, um, the kinetic chain, uh, kinetics, mm -hmm. and, um, and, fun and functional movement, you know, those those are the three aspects that that really kind of preference my training. So movement efficiency is big for me, okay? And I was just talking to a coach the other day, and I told him, I said, hey, look, I said, it's not that these guys are blowing coverages, okay? It's the movement within the coverage is where they're being flawed at, mm -hmm. okay? <clears throat> I said, so, you know, why would I continue to repeat uh, the dynamics of coverages when that's not the problem. The problem is they false stepped on this. So, you know, they run a, if it's a smash concept, if I'm a corner and, and, and the offense run a smash concept yeah. and I got to follow the high route before I look up the, look up the seven route. Okay. Well, when it's time for you to, you know, plant that foot and, and, and either go on whatever angle you're going at, you know what I'm saying? To get up under this, this seven route. Mm -hmm. Sometimes these kids false step before they go. Okay. When you false step, if you false step by nine inches, Okay, well, and you missed the ball by six inches. Well, that's where you lost it at. Mm -hmm. It ain't that you blew the coverage. You did the dynamics of the coverage. But that false step disallowed you to make this play. Okay? Mm -hmm. But when are you working on that false step, you know what I'm saying, on, on your fellow technique? You're probably not work, you're working on the fellow technique, but you're not working on the false step in it. You know what I'm saying? That type of stuff. So so that's what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Coming out your break, a lot of guys zero step coming out their break. They may plant their right foot and then the left foot come down right next to it. That ain't how you break. Okay, it's called plant point drive. So it's just like if you're walking backwards, if you stop with your right foot, your left foot don't come back even with your right foot. And no. then you step, start walking with your right foot. It don't do that. Your right foot stop. You pick your left knee up. You put it down. So now your feet are uneven now. Then you just start walking. You know what I'm saying? So, so for me, I teach that type stuff. And a lot of people don't like to teach that stuff because it's not sexy. Yeah. I like I, I, I teach the non-sexy stuff to get to the sexy stuff. You know what I'm saying? If not... If I'm watching a game of one of my guys and he miss a play because his movement is flawed, I can't live with that. Yeah. I can't live with that. If you miss a play because you just blew the coverage, okay, that, that's not on me necessarily. That's that's on your coach because coaches are more schematic than trainers. You know what I'm saying? So that, that's that's not on me. But if it's from a moving perspective and you're one of my guys that trains me all the time, it's hard for me to swallow that bullet. Yeah, and I, and I will say – when you said that, it made me think of something. Uh, I think it was on one of your last videos. You said you, you said that you were you ain't one concerned with, and I can't re remember it word for word. But you weren't concerned with why. Uh, I think why they didn't make the play, but why they got pulled from the game. I think. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not big on watching your huddle highlights. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And, I'm big. I'm big on watching. What, what, why did your coach, you know, pull you out the game? Cause think about it. I mean, you might go through a whole game and have one highlight. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
but you played 50 snaps or 60 snaps though. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. But let's just say you end up playing 40 snaps, but it was, but it was 60 snaps in the game. Okay. Well, why did you not play them other 20 snaps? Yeah. Okay. Well, you didn't play them other 20 snaps because you had a bad angle on the jet sweep. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Type of deal. Right. Okay. Okay. You, you, you got pulled out the game because you know, you, you missed a tackle or, you know what I'm saying? You played your technique wrong or, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? You were too high coming out to break or, you know what I'm saying? Just other, you know, extenuating circumstances. So those, those are, those are the things I want to, I want to address. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because think about it, them, them 20 plays that, that your coach pulled you out, your bag up might've got in and made plays. That's okay? right. That's fact. Well, as soon as, as soon as he get in to make plays, now you splitting time with him. <laughs> that, that's fact. <laughs> you, you splitting time with him now. You know Split what I'm saying? time so, is less film. It's less film, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, so that's my whole deal. I mean, and, and what I do a lot of times is when I get a kid say, Hey, coach, could you watch my huddle? I'm like, oh, okay. So, you know, send me a couple of DBs names in, in your, you know, on your team. Yeah. And they be they be wondering why I say that, right? Well, I say it because I want to watch you raw. I'll pull up your teammate huddle <laughs> so I can watch you on the backside raw. Yeah. Because I have a highlight on your teammate film. Man, you know what, Coach Mac? I'm gonna tell you something. <laughs> Your whole approach is is just is different because I mean, it's some stuff that I, I, I that I mean, I, I'm 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 sitting here, I'm listening, and learning as well, and the approach is so different. Because uh, I more so work with more so receivers and stuff like that, but then I think about you know guys, especially when they get to that last year, especially like on the high school level, and um, going into college even, and they. They want to. That's when they want to put in the extra, or that's when they, oh. you know, if they're not getting the calls and stuff or the text messages from coaches talking about, you know, recruiting them. That's when they want the extra, and you know, you just, you know, my question is always, what's your dedication or what's your seriousness to work? Um, you know, it's a time and place. You know, we all athletes need time away, but then when it when you in the season, you in the grind of the season. You know, what are you willing to sacrifice in order to be the best version of yourself that you can be? And um that's kind of that's kind of what I hear when I talk talking to you. It's just, you know, expecting the best from your athletes. You get them the best and you expect the best from them. Um, and so I will say in wrapping this up, we're gonna we're gonna get ready to finish it up, coach. What's one thing that you can leave athletes to uh to help them be the best version of themselves as they can be? I know we're in the middle of this COVID season. Or COVID football, um, what's what's one thing that you can leave athletes or give a piece of advice um, to make them a, a better athlete or a best version of they so they can be? Now I would just say you know just just continue to find a way um, you know saying to get better. You know uh, you you got to take it upon yourself. Uh, you you can't wait on somebody else to um you know say to induce your enthusiasm. You know nothing like that. You know what I'm saying you you have to be self motivated. Um, you know I, I tell guys all the time if, if I'm training you twice a week. Or three days a week. Well, keep in mind it's seven days in a week, though. Yeah, you know I'm saying so. Yep. If I if I got you two days a week, what are you doing the other five days? You know, so don't just be waiting until you come and see me. You know, what I'm saying to to, to mm-hmm. try to get better, because if you hadn't got better on whatever we're working on, well, the next time I see you, we're gonna do the same thing, though. You know what I'm saying yeah. So you ain't making you progress. Know, you you're not making progress. You know, what I'm saying at that particular point. So every time I see you, we need to get better at. At whatever we was working on, so that we can move forward, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so ironically, we talking about that. 
you know, people ask me all the time, why don't I have a drill tape, right? Well, the reason I don't have a drill tape per se is if I if I put 10 drills on a drill tape and seven of those drills don't apply to a particular athlete, mm-hmm. I just wasted your time. I just wasted your time with seven drills, right? You know, you're only benefiting from, from you're only benefiting for three from three of those drills, right? However, if I get an athlete and there's 10 things that I that we're trying to correct, I make a drill out of each one of those 10 things that fit that particular athlete. Right. So mm-hmm. my drills, are, my, my drills are organic based on what I need for this athlete to get better at. So I make up drills right there on the spot. Right. OK. So with that said, I'll say all this to say this. Those particular drills, if though if it's if it's indeed 10 drills. OK, well, I need you doing those 10 drills behind the scenes and let's get better at those 10 drills by the, or those 10 aspects by the time I see you the next time. It makes sense. Okay, That's how we're going to grow and develop. Guys. Guys, girls, whoever listening, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast with Coach Clay Mack. Um, I mean, he's a DB consultant, NFL trainer, um, a trainer of many athletes from from the intermediate or peewee level all the way up to the collegiate level to the professional level. And this man get called from around the world to come train DBs. And he's a specialist and he's a guy that knows. Clearly, if y'all listen to this, y'all know he knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's doing. And, Coach, I want to, uh, again, extend the the, the thanks uh, for, for doing a podcast with me and, you know, helping me and, allow, and, and talking to me and allowing me to learn from you as well and uh, continue doing what you're doing. No, nah, no problem at all. I mean, it's, it's a play. Any, anytime, man. You know, anytime. I, I love talking about it. Um, you know, I, I love um, spreading knowledge, but not only that, I love also receiving knowledge also, you know what I'm saying? I like ciphering mm-hmm. through uh, because I'm never too big, you know what I'm saying, for learning from anybody for that matter. You know what I'm saying? Um, for me, I think the, I think the best, I, I think the best trainers, to be honest, is, is the best communicator. So for mm-hmm. me, it's not necessarily I'm learning. I would learn some about how to, you know, develop feet and hips or whatever the case may be. But for me, what I might take from you or anybody else for that matter is how you communicate certain, you know, certain aspects of what you're trying to get done. Right. You know what I'm saying so your analogy might be attractive enough for me to put in my database. So I might I might have to use your analogy tomorrow or next yeah. week or, you know, what I'm saying six months from now, whatever the case may be or whatnot. So that's one thing that I like to do is communicate with guys so I can listen to how they present their information. You know, what I'm saying so I can learn from, you know, the way they put in the, the, the context of it, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm saying? not necessarily the content, but the context of it. You know, what I'm saying so I can learn that way. And, um, you know, because, I mean, we come across different, you know, uh, athletes and different type of athletes. Um, and they all retain information differently. You know what I'm saying? So you have to know how to, to adjust yourself so those those athletes can 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 actually retain that information on you know how, however you present it. So we have to be creative on how we present it sometimes. So, oh, so yeah. um, so no, no, it's a pleasure, man. Um, it's like I say, anytime. Uh, I love to talk about this stuff, and um, you know, any anytime you need it, man. Let's 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 get on the phone and let's do it. Yes, sir. And you hey, you already know I got to come out there to Texas for, for sure. And uh come to the facility and see and see how, how see it in motion so i can so i can take 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 these mississippi boys to the next level for sure hey i'm i'm i'm, I'm waiting on you matter of fact you well you know i played at mississippi state so man i mean any anytime i'm i'm i'm, I'm ready to come to mississippi at, at the drop of a hat oh yeah i already know we we're we gonna get it up but uh as i say all the time y'all get one percent better each and every day do the things that legends do take the road that's less travel and be legendary